0: Welcome to the Vulnerability Rocks podcast. You're listening to Emma Bell, and I believe that true healing starts with sharing. Welcome to this week's episode of the Vulnerability Rocks podcast. And I am really pleased to introduce you to Marcus. Now, Marcus, I first became aware of you um, when you were doing this insane mission of 30 <laughs> marathons in 30 days now i have been i'd been like pretty much in, in dubai full time for about a year um because mm. i first came here in october 17 and i think it was in the october november 19 wasn't it and yeah, yeah and, 18
1: yeah, yeah yeah 18
0: yeah sorry i came here in 17 and 18 that's it and i remember like hearing about this 30 over 30 in Dubai you know where they encourage fitness 30 minutes of fitness every day for 30 days And so I was thinking that's super cool super yeah. manageable <laughs> <laughs> and then I saw this complete lunatic running a marathon every day for 30 days and I was like well this has taken it to a whole new level <laughs> and in and I say lunatic in the nicest possible way because it was incredibly it. inspiring I was like, wow, with a capital W, you know, this guy has smashed this 30-30 completely out of the water. Yeah. Um, and I kept watching you every day and watching no people way. join you and watching, you know, kids come and join you for the last leg of the yeah. run on a day. Yeah. And it was just incredible there was like people oh, you didn't you. even know just turning up yeah. running next to you and you were like I remember watching you going I don't know who these people are they've all just turned up and they're all just running <laughs> yeah. me. I was like oh my god this is insane it
1: was crazy mate yeah it really what was A
0: wonderful thing though and you brought people out from everywhere who just started yeah. running with you to support yeah. you to stand next to you while you yeah. were doing something so grueling and wow
1: <laughs> yeah. Thank you. No, it's um. Yeah, it was crazy. It was really crazy, Emma, and and I still think back on it. Like, even sat here listening to you say that now, like it just brings this incredible emotion because it was like that. And I I actually missed a lot of the moments, which sounds a bit weird, but you know, like suddenly there'd be someone else running with me, and but then I'd hear like the next day that. They'd skipped work. They'd got a speeding fine to get there. They'd illegally parked their car. And actually they'd been running with me for about half an hour. And then they'd just come to say hi before they left. And I'm like, I felt so bad because I'm like, oh my God, these people have gone to. So it was just a it was a crazy time. It was, it was unreal. I, I didn't know how you were going to introduce me, but that was quite good. And and you made me laugh. So I appreciate that.
0: (laughs) Well, the thing is I had to introduce you how I was introduced to you. Right. And that was my experience of meeting Marcus on, online through your social media. And what I saw was something beautiful. I saw, um, like for me i'm a big believer in bringing people together because i believe that if you bring people yeah. together we can achieve more especially in the healing and kind of dealing Absolutely. with big stuff yeah. so and you did this this thing and this you actually got people coming yeah. from all over the place and Ooh. just randomly running next to you and turning up for the last legs of something to like help Mm. carry you through to the end of something. And I just, it was just wonderful. It was the most beautiful thing to watch, honestly.
1: Yeah, it's cool. And and I appreciate what you picked up on there because it really did like, it really did carry me through those last bits and and people turning up randomly. And it didn't matter if they ran with me for five minutes or had one guy that basically of the 30 days, I think he came and ran 20 of the days, which, it's just, and it just shows as well. I mean, we, we, we are, and we are talking before we started recording, we're, we're in an incredible time for humanity, but there is so many good people around. And mm-hmm. there's two different things going on as well. When you create something that people can belong to and can show their humanity towards, we see quite epic things happening. And, and my background's in team sport. And I think one of my biggest fears as I was going through that is there's gonna come a point where this is going to end, you know, I'm not going to have all my rugby mates around me anymore. And Mm -hmm. I always thought sort of through my twenties, I was like, how can we continue this? And and how important this community, this support network, call it what you want. And, you know, some people say support networks, like two or three people, that's cool as well. Community Mm -hmm. could be hundreds of people, cults, whatever you want to call them. Mm -hmm. And I I always was thinking like, "How how can I make sure that I'm always part of something that supports me, like rugby has, and mm-hmm. that's really how I started my business because I just wanted people to train with. I didn't actually, I didn't set out to create in a fight and all this. I just wanted a few mates I could train with because I <laughs> It's just funny when we thought about it. I love like it. That, so right? I just
0: wanted some mates to train with, <laughs> it?
1: And it just kind of goes boom. And I know, you're, yeah. You're just like wow, mm-hmm. but it just shows and 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 i think now is a the time there's no better time than right now to sort of look at humanity and and look as humans how we behave and what mm-hmm. really makes us happy and that sense of belonging is something that that's huge and and to to then to be able to flip it and this is the second thing to actually have that impact on, on especially you mentioned there, those kids lives and oh. this will make you laugh as well. I, I'll be going and it still happens a little bit now, not as often, but I go to Spinney's and a kids would <laughs> see me at the end of the, uh, the aisle and they'd be like, Marathon Man! Ah! <laughs> Oh no,
0: <laughs> marathon man. Well, I mean you earns it and you earns it well, right? You <laughs> yeah. you, I think you can definitely claim that title forever, you exactly. know.
1: Yeah, but then their parents had come up to me and they say, Oh, it's so nice to see you. Just my kid never liked running, and just because you ran at their school that day, they now mm. love running, and I'm so happy for them. And I'm like, Wow, that's like you know, and it, it, it makes me quite emotional, but it, it drives me incredibly as well. So, yeah, it was, uh, it was a mental 30 days, mate. It really was. Oh, I'm
0: just, well, I just, wow. Wow, I don't know how you did it. I'm glad you did it for you <laughs> and you. for so many people that you clearly inspired. And, mm. you know, you could like, it's not that what you did would have now made everybody a marathon runner. It was more than mm. that. It was bringing people together. And people wanted to even if they weren't runners, they wanted to just come and like he- hold you through parts of your journey. And yeah. so it was just, it was just a wonderful thing to watch. And I was just watching and I like, wow. You. And you were, and then we were like, you know, and I'm here and like, look at all these people. And I was like, oh my God, like this, what is this? Yeah. And then the absolute finale, was you appearing on the side of the Burj Khalifa? Like, yeah. <laughs> I was like uh, and I said to my husband, I was like, this guy is off the charts. I said, look what he's done. Yeah. And it was just incredible. Um, it's
1: funny that one, because as well, the I think it was the day before I got to run with His Highness Sheikh Hamdan. And it's quite amusing sometimes when when, when I'm speaking to companies and I do a lot of big sort of talk, motivational talks, call it what you will. Yeah. And I put up that slide, one with sort of shake hands down and one with a Burj Khalifa. And you can see like the marketing people are going, oh my God, how? You know, like <laughs> these two insane PR opportunities and, and, and our brands there. And it's yeah. just like, you can see their minds racing. And it's like, well, I didn't pay money for that stuff, but I paid in a different oh, way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was
0: watching some of your videos of the recovery parts afterwards. You know, and yeah. and, and I mean, it it was it was brutal, right? Like, yeah,
1: it's hard.
0: Yeah, yeah it I was. mean, I don't, I can't say I even know a nth degree of it. I don't, but I just, I could see that it was brutal as well. Yeah. That what you put yourself <laughs> through to achieve that. But also, I want to comment something else because um, you just briefly mentioned it, that you, you know, rugby was a massive part of your world and you're a professional rugby player, right?
1: Yeah. And yeah.
0: that you came out of, when When did you finish that?
1: Uh, really in about 2004. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's been a while now. <laughs> and then you kind
0: of took up this pursuit of completing extreme challenges. Yes. So tell me about a few of them, because some of them yeah. uh, you know, are equally as remarkable.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think to give it some context of, of where it really started, I, I finished playing sort of full-time in 2004, and then in the end of 2009, I, I retired completely from rugby, and I, I was just about, I just turned 30. And because I'd created this training group of, of, of people and good people, we need good people around us. And, and, and you know, the All Blacks legacy book by James Kerr, I think is very relevant here and excuse my French, but no dickheads rule has always really resonated with me. So mm-hmm. we had good people around us. And what that did is it, it brought people to me to ask for help. Mm-hmm. And there was a lady that came to me and she told me about this ultra marathon she was going to run. And literally she's telling me Emma, and I'm just going, uh, 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 You know, I guess I, I was, I mean, you, you know me a little bit. I'm not often lost for words, but I was just lost for words. i was like, you know, and I don't know, and I often feel quite guilty. I'm like, is it my sort of this awful masculine side that's like, oh, how's this female going to do this, or, or you know, and, and I, I have to be open about that. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was because she was a female, she was a middle aged female, or, or what it was. Anyway, I was like, wow, this is amazing, and. turned around to her and I think this is quite important and and it sort of plays in with with the title of your show vulnerability rocks is that I was like I don't know anything about these races Mm -hmm. I said I know a lot of things I know how to get I know how to work on your nutrition your strength mindset I know a lot of the components that will make the race successful but I've never done one but I'm willing to go on this journey with you and I'm willing to learn and she was Mm -hmm. like that's all I asked for and of course with that in my mind, I didn't immediately sign up, but I, I just started Googling and I'd run a lot when I was younger and I sort of, and, and it was just, everything happens for a reason. It's just amazing timing. And basically I'd finished playing rugby and, you know, am I looking for the next thing in life? No. Does it come along? We could, we could go deep on that the whole yeah. day, <laughs> but I just started looking at it and I was like, this is me. This is it. And, you know, then, then I started and I I entered a race a couple of years later, it was 300 kilometer race and non stop through the Armani mountains. And then through this big desert for 150 K and I was awake for about 65 hours and, and having all these crazy hallucinations and actually at about 170 kilometers, I I pulled out of the race, I gave up Mm. and it ripped my soul out and but i i couldn't walk i i won't, we won't go into the gory details and and it's not justifying why i pulled out i just wasn't strong enough okay i was weak i was mentally weak i was physically weak and i passed out asleep in the middle of the desert for eight hours before i was sort of rescued because these courses are long. It's a 300 K course. So it's not like you can just mm. like get in a car and go home no. and a car, <laughs> a car came and picked me up and I still have the video. Now I have my GoPro and I still have the video. Now of this car driving us out of the desert. And at that point I hadn't even processed anything. And I knew in my heart, I could just feel it in my, in my gut, in my heart everywhere. This was just the start. This wasn't the end. This was mm. just the start. And yeah, it's led to it's led to crazy stuff. I guess I've I've run across the Sahara Desert. I've done I've done a lot of sort of ultra marathons. So generally, my I run about 250 kilometers over about four or five days, and carrying most of the time carrying my own stuff. Uh, we do a lot of challenges here in Dubai. I, I quite like the heat, so do stuff in the middle of summer. I started in about 20 So you've got
0: to like the heat to do these things in this weather. I mean, it you know, the the, the heat here is not for the faint hearted. It's It's, not,
1: it's not, not, and the the good thing about, I think extreme temperatures and and, and these challenges is that you're always learning. Like Mm -hmm. I've done, I've done a lot. And in 2020, we did a challenge here in Dubai, which was a 50 K cycle. Uh, then a 50 K run and then a 50 K cycle through the day in sort of the end of July. And it got up to 54 degrees. Uh, yeah. And and so it's a whole new experience and I'd that's what's so. amazing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's what's amazing about these challenges. And, and I don't, I, I want to keep this quite realistic for people. Please don't compare me with you with others, like the guys that just finished on K2 different and i always say this we're all climbing our own everest and mm-hmm. you know I, I don't think we should ever get down by what we hear through channels like this or what we see on social media and such and such is doing such and such i think that's just an awful state of of of, of the human mindset right mm-hmm. now you know and i work with a lot of people that walk in at 150 kilos and, and can't run or, or can't even walk 100 meters Emma, and i'm just like i'll get you there you know mm-hmm. and for you mm-hmm. today it's 100 meters. So. It's yes. nice to sit here and say, "Yeah, I ran across the Sahara. I've run through the jungle in Sri Lanka. I've done this. I've done that." But to be honest, I, it's not—it's irrelevant to to the masses. Mm-hmm. What's important to me and to people, I think, is that we wake up every single day and we get ready to get better. Yeah. And that's really the mindset that I, I want to instill. You control it. You control you don't control everything but there's so many things that you do control mm. and you can make such a difference
0: yeah you and you i really i can. love i love what you just said there we're all climbing our own everest and mm. it's so true and i i say often that comparison can be the thief of our own healing and growth
1: i agree with you totally
0: and not just in the envious way i mean in the way of comparing even comparing, oh, well, my what's happened to them is worse than what's happened to me, so I don't deserve to feel X, Y, Z. You know, it can go both yeah. ways. Yeah. And actually, it can only ever be on our own barometer, like you say, yeah. everything in life, whether it's growth, whether it's healing, whether it's pain, whether it's something bad that's happened, good that's happened. Is that you can only ever compare it to your own level of neutral Right. I agree. I so, agree. what you've just said there, I, I really agree with um, yeah. because I'm not you and you're not me, and we can't be yeah. each other. <laughs> it we're just all... doesn't work like that.
1: And I think one thing that's important as well is that, you know, we, we're all so unique.
0: Mm. because
1: of the way that we've been programmed and we've been programmed because of our subconscious we live because of our subconscious and not all of that programming is for everyone perfect in fact for no one it's perfect mate we're Uh all a little bit messed up and that's cool as well I don't believe in normal
0: just so you know
1: (laughs) we need to be but at at the end of it I think what's what really when you look at human beings there's two qualities that have actually been spoken a lot about a lot in the last year, but I think we really need to sort of people need to hone in on. And one is that we are incredibly adaptable. Mm-hmm. And the second is that we're incredibly resilient. Mm. We are able to overcome things in incredible ways. And mm. that's not that's because we're humans. That's because of the way that we are. Some people are stronger. Some people are weaker. We, we get that. But we have these skills of adaptability mm-hmm. and also resilience, which right now like that to me puts us at the front of the race Mm -hmm. we are so much stronger than than we actually believe that we are because of those two qualities so i think it's really important that we create some that people sort of create this clarity and this perspective around what we've got by looking in as as you were saying it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter about anyone else you are resilient you are adaptable as a human being and you are you and you you control you like Mm -hmm. you genuinely do Mm -hmm. there's I could choose, like, I've chosen to speak to you today. You've chosen to speak to me. Mm. I could have said no. You could have not even asked me to come on the show, mm-hmm. you know? And a lot of people, oh, I can't say no. You can. You
0: can. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but, you know, like, but that's a result of conditioning too. Like, if you it have is. been brought up in a environment or gone through a big experience where your boundaries have been violated in some way. And I don't mean physically, it can be emotionally. Then over time you get taught and conditioned and trained that you, your boundaries don't matter. So, you know, your nervous system starts telling you that that's the safe way to be, that we let people do that to stay safe. Right. So until we learn different tools and different ways, we can change we can always change if we've got the right tools and if we know how to and generally and what, that takes community it takes someone yeah, else to kind does. of step into something different right like yeah. what you've said with that woman yeah. I don't know but we'll walk it together right
1: yeah And that's when yeah.
0: change can happen and that's the beauty absolutely. of people
1: yeah absolutely and I, and I think one thing as well that we don't have in abundance, whilst we've we got adaptability and resilience in abundance, mm-hmm. we don't have patience in abundance. Mm-hmm. And we need to have patience because what we're talking about here is a complete, you spoke about them as tools, correct? Mm-hmm. A complete reprogramming of our correct. subconscious. Correct. That's what needs to happen to a lot of people. And yeah. yes, tools like you mentioned, community is going to help. Hopefully Mm -hmm. listening to a show like this is going to help. A certain amount of reading is going to help, Mm -hmm. but it's going to take time and it's going to take hard work. And also, although we're adaptable and resilient, we don't all like hard work in fact <laughs> most of us are downright lazy you know <laughs> and and but that's also because we don't really know what's at the core so mm-hmm. we don't know why we're heading where we're heading and this Correct. is yeah there's there's a lot of moving parts
0: yeah so many um but what the one thing i do know and i think that you echo it in everything you do is that change most of the time nearly 100% of the time doesn't tend to happen as a solo person right. um for me the biggest changes have always come and it, as you say your community can be two people three yes. people yes but yeah. the the key is a community where you are feel a sense of belonging and it's so yeah. powerful for people
1: yeah it really is and mm-hmm. and you know what's great right now and, and we've really seen this through through the last year and you know I, I i'm using a lot of examples through the last year because i think it resonates with a lot of people right now mm-hmm. but previously and listen i'm massive about. Seeing people in person. But if you're in a place that you feel lonely and you're unable to see people in person, which is happening in a lot of countries right now, there are so many tools out there to be well connected, mm-hmm. whether it's on a Zoom call like this mm-hmm. or, or, or whatever it is. And this is the thing, is that we 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 often look for excuses where there are so many solutions out there, you yeah. know. And and I, I almost liken it to I'm 42. So this might resonate with some people, but not with any, everyone. When we were at school, we had pen pals that we used to write letters
0: to. Yes, I remember that.
1: (laughs) You know, and I'm like... Oh
0: my God, I have have one. (laughs) I did, I have one.
1: I totally forgot. You know what's even more beautiful? I have (laughs) a really good friend and, and a client whose parents were pen pals and got married which is amazing as well. That's amazing. (laughs) I
0: love
1: that. (laughs) This is all about human connection. Mm. And now we can hop on a Zoom, we can go in a group chat. I mean, I don't know, this clubhouse thing that I'm supposed (laughs) to be doing, like, I don't know about that. But anyway, that's (laughs) another story. But we can create these points of connection. And again, it's points of connection that we've had for years and years and years. Think back to your grandfather sitting on on the town square bench with his mates, having Mm. just a a yarn, this human connection, this community, this support network. And sometimes, yeah, and too much actually, people are talking about the weather and COVID now, but there's this one time where it just goes bang and we're able to go deep into great conversation Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and really and, and, and a lot of that time, I, I think you probably agree, Emma, a lot of that time, smaller groups are actually, we see it within our community, we're quite a big community, but we've got nice little pockets and fragments of people that are closer to each other. Mm-hmm. And I know the conversations that those guys are having on various platforms are just beautiful. They're yes. deep. They're yes. raw, they hurt, they're, they're everything. They're, dra- they're almost drama, you know, but I just know and I get so excited as you can see <laughs> that by having these conversations, they just, and you see it over time, it's mm-hmm. so beautiful. Mm-hmm. They come on month one and they're closed and then they find this cockpit, pocket, mm-hmm. this community and mm-hmm. then six months later. And, and that's what I say to people, they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, well, for, for a lot of it, our job is just to set people free. We mm-hmm. just want them to free them from all this stuff that they bundle mm-hmm. up and they mm-hmm. can't get out. We just mm-hmm. want to ask the right questions, do the right things to, to let them pull all mm-hmm. of this out. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I think if you're ready as well, it can be, but it, it goes back again to the title, it takes a little bit of vulnerability. Oh, You've it does. got to put it all on the line. <laughs> you and know? also
0: to be truly vulnerable, I think, well, I know, that there is an, a huge element of feeling safe that is required and that's where you know I see this sort of phrase find your tribe banded about so loosely but actually that's a really (laughs) good it's a really good (laughs) phrase if you take it to a deeper level because if you really really take that to a, a deeper level finding your tribe is really finding people that really resonate with you, that really get you, not just in the broad sense. So for a particular experience, for whatever it is that you're holding in, that you feel too ashamed, too scared to talk about. If you go and find that, like you say, the the smaller pockets where they're all in there going, yeah, I get it, I get it. What that does is that creates a whole little pocket of people that go, oh, I feel safe enough to say my my stuff now because no one's going to judge me and all, all these people are going to still think I'm great.
1: just despite
0: this and then that's when real uh, vulnerability just comes pouring out because they're safe and they can
1: yeah and i i agree with him but i i also think a lot of it is is maybe we talked about programming the subconscious in 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 earlier life Mm -hmm. i think in the last few years our subconscious has been impacted and programmed in, in a funny way that we walk into a room and to be honest i used to do this as a kid i used to walk into a classroom and i was very shy I'm like, why is everyone looking at me? I looked a bit different. I was I was bleach blonde hair because I lived in Dubai when I was a kid and I was in boarding school in the UK. So I, I rock up, I've got this white mop of hair and this dark skin, you know, and, and 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 people are looking at me like, and I'm like, why is everyone looking at me? And then I realized that actually no one's looking at me and no one cares, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like that's weird because we create this image that whether it's whether we're hiding behind brands behind clothes what we're doing to ourselves how we're making ourselves look and a whole other show but never mind Mm. we'll move on (laughs) we're sort of almost hiding and it's like we're raw we're humans we're naked we came naked and you know there's there's a phrase in the bible naked I came from my mother's womb naked I will return the Mm. Lord has given the Lord has taken away you know and it's like we came with nothing Mm. and sometimes we need to we need to Revisit that because, mm-hmm. and and once we do, once we, do, I I want you all to shower daily. I want you all to wear clothes that are not totally ripped and all of this stuff. I don't want us all to be, <laughs> for want of a better word, tramps. But I want us to stop living in this I love it. he's like please non-stop. don't stop showering please. yeah well, it's quite you know because sometimes I say stuff and it gets a little bit taken out of context <laughs> like Marcus you 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 told us not to care and I'm like yeah but mate you stink like <laughs> you know <laughs> like there's certain things we've got to keep but once we see past all of these defense mechanisms that mm. we put up then we can jump into these groups and we can just go bang this is yeah. me
0: yeah
1: and it is You, for want of a better term, you just start to feel reborn.
0: Yes. You
1: just, you're just like, holy shit. I had so much I was keeping inside Mm -hmm. and I was struggling so much. And suddenly, because you said it, I feel a little bit comfortable. If you go along, I've dropped this, dropped everything. And I'm just me. I'm raw and I'm a human being and I'm an incredible human being. Mm -hmm. And I'm here to get better life starts to change mate. And that is, you know, playing into vulnerability. Like that's Mm -hmm. the, it's actually quite funny. I, I used to get accused a lot of, of, of like not being in touch or lacking vulnerability and it it annoyed me for a bit. And then I was like, are you kidding me? I stand on the start line of these races. I ran around a 400 meter athletics track for 24 hours. Mm -hmm. I told the media that I was going to run 30 marathons in 30 days I'm as vulnerable as you can be. Yeah. And in the last in the and and you can edit this out if you want, but in the last four hours when I was running around Sports City Track, I had to go into the toilet. I was shitting myself, showering with the with the mm. butt hose coming out, farting on everyone. Like it's gross, but mm. that's about as vulnerable as it can be. And and I think people really need to dig into that and just drop drop a lot, and then they'll really start to to flourish and to live and and just to feel, like I said, they'll feel absolutely reborn, mate. Mm.
0: And I just want to talk a little bit more about 2018 because not only did you do the 30 over 30, but it was after something quite big (laughs) (laughs) uh, that happened to to you earlier in the year, right? So you Mm. were training for the ultra cycling
1: Yeah, correct. And
0: tell me what happened. So this is, so guys, just to put this into some sort of context, because if this guy hasn't blown your mind already, he's about to blow it again. (laughs) So he did the 30 30 marathons in 30 days in November 18, which is when I, you know, found, arrived in in Marcus's kind of sphere of knowing him, (laughs) like knowing about him. And in February 18, you were training for another you know, mental um, task, physical task. Yeah. And, and what happened to you?
1: So I was, yeah, my, my goal at that time was actually to set a world record in cycling. And I was two weeks out from the first race and I was in the mountains, halfway between Charger and, and the East Coast, Kalba. And I was hit by a truck, which I then hit a wall at 54 kilometers an hour. I took the impact on my left side, so on my left shoulder, and incredibly, I didn't hit my head, <laughs> which is just like, it's, it's, it's crazy. The whole story is crazy. And, and I laid on the floor, and I do what, I think, a natural reaction sort of, that I had from rugby, like, can you feel your fingers? Can you feel your toes? And mm-hmm. I did that check, and I was like, oh, I can, that's not too bad, so my spine's okay. And then I realized it's funny because that was my first check. And then I realized I can't breathe. And I'd later find out what had happened was my my shoulder was broken. My scapula was broken. I'd broken seven of my ribs, which that's not really, that doesn't threaten your life. Broken bones don't threaten your life. But what did threaten my life was the fact that my left lung had, for want of a better description, had almost like a beach ball. It had just gone and then it comes really the the air goes out and it comes really tight. So breathing was incredibly hard, mate. And it took because of where I was geographically, it took about three hours to get to I was gonna say you must have been
0: so far from anywhere. Yeah,
1: I was but and I think that's what you see I see it. That was please. Don't get me wrong. I would have loved to have been around the corner from the emergency room like I'm sure. I would have absolutely loved it yeah but I think what makes it what makes it quite an interesting journey is, is that sort of two to three hours that it took to get to the emergency room at, at Calba and you know I, I went in two different ambulances none of them had any painkillers. Oh. first one didn't even have any oxygen in it and oh my gosh. You know, I was just in this in, and, and you just can't breathe you know, and I'm literally, and, you know, I, I had quite an interesting moment on, on the side of the road, which, which is a long-winded story. There's a, there's a whole documentary about it. I want to try and keep it short because it's, and, it's, yeah. it's easier to action for people, but I sort of just had this moment on the side of the road and I was like, wow, what, what do I do? And I was like, well, there's no choice here because, and, and, you know, in reflection, and I've had three years now to reflect on it, you know, I, I wanted to live more than I wanted to die and, with that thought, I was like, well, what, what should I do? And that's where the, the, the thought process of fight for every breath came from. And I just mm-hmm. said it, just fight for every breath. And, you know, we, we're in a world right now, there's, there's so many different choices and we've got decision fatigue and stuff. And that just has helped me so much because I was like, well, there is only one choice. And actually, mm-hmm. most of the time in life, there is only one choice. We just make it super complicated because we, we're trying to make a decision. We go into Google, we ask 300 people. No wonder mm. we're confused. We're completely mm. confused, you know? And, and I spent the next sort of three hours on the way to the hospital fighting for, for my life, fighting for, mm. for breath, and then three days in ICU. And that was horrible. It's, uh, again, I, I, I learned so much along the way. ICU is quite funny because it's almost like a holding cell, sort of like, are you going to the graveyard or are we going to let you out to the main ward? And and no one really knows which way you're going to go because you're basically in there and just, again, with time to see if you get better, you know, and no one can tell you, yeah, mate, you're going to be absolutely fine. And it's going to be cool because they just don't know. And, you know, they come every few hours to check that my lung's working a bit better and Luckily it was, and I, I, was, I was progressing. So after three days, they, they stuck me in the main ward for, for another five days. And it was actually, and I think this is quite an important link here. It was actually in the main ward where after, I think it was, yeah, I'd been in, in, in this bed for like four or five days and I finally sat up and I thought to myself, hmm, I'm in a little bit of a tricky situation. <laughs> yeah. um, what about that cycling? And I was like, yeah, I think, I think we'd probably have to shelve that. Uh, and I was like, nah, that's not, that's not sitting well with me. And, and sort of thought, well, if I can't ride my bike, I can, I can definitely run. And I just flicked back in my phone. our, our sort of community when it comes to these events is quite, it's quite messed up. We kind of just send each other like stupid challenges, you know, like <laughs> from time to time. And I just remembered a few weeks ago that a guy had sent me, this this route and it was in Corsica and it was the length of Corsica and I sent it to a good friend of mine I was like mate this is it we're going to run this in July so we're, we're literally talking five months and he replied back he said mate you've not moved from a hospital bed for five days let's talk when you get out let's
0: talk when you're up <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh
1: <laughs> and that like fired me up a lot and and sort of yeah it really really got me moving and and there was just these beautiful checkpoints along the way until eventually later that year in 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 november i i went on the 25th of october i think it was when i when i started the marathons and you know I, i i learned an incredible amount during that time and and i'm still learning now so thank you so much for asking that question because every time i talk about it i learn something and it's it's therapy for me because I'm able to get it out mm-hmm. and 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 I kind of want to wrap that up maybe with that in that I remember one day in the hospital I, I, I was incredibly fortunate so many people came to see me and give me their energy and their time which I think time is one of the most amazing things we can give to each other the yeah. guy came in and he was a local guy and he said keep talking and I was like what and everyone would come in the hospital and I'd, I'd go hey Emma." am you know, like, cause I was mm. crook. And, mm. and, and they'd all be like, no, no, don't say anything. And I'd be like, no, I, I want to talk. I want to talk, you know? And, and he mm. came to me and he came quite close to me and, and, and he said, just keep talking about it. He said, my brother's had a lot of accidents like this. He said, God knows how he isn't dead but he's never mm. spoken about them. And now he's suffering an incredible amount mentally. So I was sat in that hospital room for about five days with streams and streams of visitors. And it it was incredible, mate. And I just got to tell the story over and over and over. And since I've probably done about a 100 or so interviews like this and got Mm -hmm. to tell it. And so that trauma that I went through no longer sits inside in my my heart, in my mind. It's Mm -hmm. out there. And it doesn't make it any easier. I, I was getting interviewed the other day and I completely broke down.
0: And that's happened three
1: or four times. And, you know, and the last thing about that story, which this, if you're a little bit superstitious or freaked out by superstition or whatever, this will blow your mind. My accident was on February the 10th, 2018. Go to my Instagram, February the 9th, 2018, MJD underscore Smith and see what I posted. There's a picture of me and a really good friend of mine and a quote that I wrote on that picture everything happens for a reason. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> you know. And so whenever I went and I'm, ha- I have moments, mate, it's not always easy. It's sometimes quite tough and in, in very, various areas of life, not just the recovery from my mm-hmm. crash physically and mentally, but when it's getting tough, I always think about that. I'm like, how did you write that? And you posted that on the 9th. And then mm-hmm. on the 10th,
0: mm-hmm. you
1: nearly lost your life. You've got to, mm-hmm. you wrote it because you believed it mm-hmm. and you've got to live it. So if people are struggling and I often say this, just, just roll with it. Things are happening for a reason mm-hmm. and you need to just stay focused and, and, and just stay with it and you'll get through it. goes back to what I said. We're incredibly resilient.
0: Mm-hmm. We're very adaptable mm-hmm.
1: and we, we, we're strong. So
0: I'm just, um, firstly, I'm so sorry that you had to go through that because... That's okay. Well, you know, it, it's not a nice thing to go through, right? It's um, yeah. It's a lot for a human being to go through. And
1: yeah.
0: that being so far away from, um, from a hospital and yeah. learning as I talked to you that you... Has an ambulance, but guess what? There was no oxygen and no painkillers. I mean, you may as well have just been in a car. And when an ambulance comes, you expect to have oxygen, pain relief, right? Yeah, as a base, yeah. as a basic. So to yeah. learn that that wasn't even, yeah, something you got, and then you have yeah. got this three-hour journey with your thoughts. I mean, that's yeah. that's that's an intense period of time for a human being to kind of navigate their way through. But it was funny, mate.
1: <laughs> funny things happen along the way. Mm because we went into the first ambulance and it was like a, it was a, it was a police ambulance under repair, we got told. And they tried to turn on the, the oxygen. So there was an oxygen tap and they tried to turn it on but it hadn't been used forever. So this rusty water dribbled out. And I was in there with one of the guys <laughs> that was riding with me and I kind of looked at his face and I know that he wanted to laugh and I kind of just looked at him and laughed. Like I, <laughs> I I was in this pain, but I was just like, oh my God. And 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 then he came into the second ambulance with me, and it was quite a bumpy road. And they were trying to put a what do you call it? A cannula into Annula, my yeah, into, yeah in, into my hand. And he's petrified of needles. So <laughs> he's basically the nurse or the paramedic is getting him to help, and he has to watch this cannula go into my hand. And I'm looking up at his face and he's just turned sheep white. Oh gosh, it's <laughs> all you need, is both of you down. <laughs> yeah. But inside, I'm 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 almost laughing because uh. I'm like, he must hate needles. And we <laughs> laugh about it till this day. So, you know, in, in every situation, there's it doesn't make the pain go away. No. But you know, you, you can either choose to to sit there and go, this is painful, this is getting worse, this is getting mm-hmm. worse, or or you can just look for those. I don't know if you'd call them glimmers of hope, or you know, just yeah. stuff that makes you makes you smile. And we hear that a lot, you know. If you if you can't if you can't smile, if you can't laugh, mm. then you're in a pretty tough place. Mm-hmm. Or or go back to what we were saying about community. Mm-hmm. Find find a community that's got a comedian in it, because mm-hmm. you know it'll mm-hmm. really it'll really help you.
0: Mm. Um, thank you so much for sharing that with me and sharing your thoughts as well. Um, while you were in that space, and I, and mm. hearing you talk about ICU like that. I've never heard someone talk about it like that. But the way that you've described it is, it makes sense. And it's
1: yeah.
0: what a, I've never, you know, and you just never thought about something in that way.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: but now you say it, y- yes, like it is yeah. a bit like that. And very strange space to be in.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is. But I think, and I think that's what I was saying. Like sometimes you have to, you have to pull apart all the all the stuff that's in front of stuff and just mm-hmm. go like, what is this room? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and and, and just mm-hmm. be cool with it as well, mate. You know, and I've got my family sat there and it's going beep and bop. And you know, it was hilarious when they 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 they, they eventually moved me from one ICU to another ICU and I kept on setting off all the alarms because my resting pulse is so low. My resting pulse is like 35. And when it drops below 40, all the alarms go off. And it's just it's hilarious, this place. And I'm like, like, can you stop this? And they're like, well, not really, because the guy next door is probably going to die in the next 20 minutes. And I'm like, oh, OK, that's cool. You know, and, oh and my
0: gosh.
1: I think, yeah, it's 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 a strange thing, death, Emma. And I'm not, you know, it's I've always had quite a strange relationship with it for for a number of reasons which probably now not the time to talk about it but you know i've always just been quite relaxed about it Mm -hmm. and even to this day i'm I'm quite relaxed about death but we'll try and make it a bit more less negative than death i guess Mm -hmm. you know there's these situations where if you just look at them a little bit different you just strip everything away what really is it you know mm-hmm. and, and and that's what icu was like mm-hmm. you're either going to make it in the main ward or, or you're going out in a box and you know you you have to you almost have to come to terms with that as well mm-hmm. and i think a lot of us are stuck in this sort of state of denial and i say it a lot in in in, in my talks that that i give and I talk about having an ultra mindset and one of the first things is you, and it's hard It's so hard. So if anyone's thinking, yeah, this is easy, it makes sense. No, it's not. It's hard. The first thing is, is we have to, if there's a problem, we have to admit there's a problem.
0: Yeah, for sure. Like
1: people are sat in denial. No, I'm not suffering. Oh yeah. I'm I'm happy in this relationship. No, you're not. (laughs) You know? I know you're not. I can see you're not. You've never said anything nice about your partner. You're not happy in that relationship. No, no, I am. You're in denial. Mm -hmm. And it's super tough. Like, mm. but if we're going to live incredible lives and, and and not just, I think sometimes when we say we're going to live our best life and, you know, mm. we're going to live incredible, people think we have to be climbing Mount Everest and stuff. No, if you're going to live happy and content life, yeah. we have to admit when we have problems. And that is, I mean, it's so beautiful how it plays into the title of your show because mm-hmm. that's vulnerability. It like is, that yeah. really at the crux of it, it's like, if there's something going on, there's there's something going on. And and it's weird how society has changed that when people speak up, speak their, 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 almost their mind mate, as long as they're not being offensive, but you know, sometimes, oh, wow, that's a bit out of, not out of character, but like, you know, that people don't normally say that. Out you know? of social norm. Yeah, you got it. Sorry, I've sort of lost the words there. Thanks for the
0: help. That's not the socially normal thing to say.
1: Yeah, it's like, well, it's okay, you know? Mm. It's like, I need a piss. Like, that's okay to say that if you need to go <laughs> to the bathroom. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And you know, sometimes i like, hey, you can't say that. It's like, <laughs> uh, you know, stay cool. We, we have to we have to keep things I I think and, and for those who've listened to the show thank you very much and you know but the what goes through is we have to keep things quite raw and quite simple if mm-hmm. because we're complicated enough and there's enough complications mm-hmm. if we want to live ultimately happy we need to we, we don't have time to to be complicated and and we don't want to make decisions around complications so we need to keep life as simple as we can and, mm-hmm. and it's beautiful if you do. It mm-hmm. really is. Mm-hmm. Like you just, you, there's so much happiness out there and, you know, you don't have to be a full minimalist guys. Don't worry more. Two t-shirts is good. Like three probably <laughs> too many, but one's not <laughs> no, but I mean, some people are so, and you look at minimalism though. I mean, that's a whole other subject, isn't it? But you mm-hmm. look at stuff like that now and how people are just really going back to basics. And I think there's a, there's a lot, in that and there's a lot but it's hard to get to it so yeah
0: marcus thank you for sharing everything and your thoughts and just you know unpicking life with me in this conversation (laughs) i really appreciate no i really appreciated it um and go on to marcus's bio your handle what's your instagram handle
1: mjd underscore smith
0: so go to his Instagram, go on his link in bio. In there, there's a link where you can actually watch the documentary about that accident yeah. that he had. Um, there's bags of information. There's a podcast that he hosts. Um, go check out this guy. He's got bundles of good stuff that will enrich you. your life. So go oh, follow him. So go Thank fill you. up your cup. Be motivated. Be inspired. Because um, I'm definitely super inspired by you and... and what, you know you. the little that I the little that I see and you know you're doing good stuff so
1: thank you so much and straight back at you mate as I said before we started I, I listened to a few episodes mm. of the show and you're doing really good stuff speaking to really interesting people so we need more straightforward real talk so keep it going
0: thank you thank you very much Thank you for listening and I look forward to introducing you to my guest in my next episode. Until then, don't forget to take care of you.